On today's episode, we hit the high seas and book a pirate stable. Plus, Mark and Eric discuss their recent trip to a WWE-themed trivia night. Welcome to Booking Like a Mark. We rewrite past storylines, create new matches and PLEs, and make our own gimmicks and characters. It's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Mark, and later on we'll be hearing from Eric as we talk about our great experience at WWE-themed trivia. But first, I want to talk to you about pirates. Now, I've always had a huge love of piracy. Even when I was a kid, I loved the culture of piracy. I loved the history of it. I loved movies. I remember seeing the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie multiple times. I loved Muppet Treasure Island when I was a very young child. So when WWE debuted Paul Burchill as a pirate in 2006, I was naturally interested in what they would do with the character. Unfortunately, they kept him in the mid-card, and they never really treated him as a serious threat. Kyrie Sane has run a pirate gimmick over the past few years, and that's definitely been interesting as well, but still, she really hasn't been presented as a main character on WWE programming until recently when she joined Damage Control. And now she's kind of lost some of those pirate gimmick aspects. So, what I wanted to do with today's episode is I wanted to book a whole crew of pirates, because I thought that was a really new and unique concept. What I decided was I looked back at history, and I saw a great tag team, and they only actually had about a year run, and it was Harper and Rowan. So both of them have had big moments, both of them were on the main roster for a long time, but I'm looking at their run as the Bludgeon Brothers, and I see a huge missed opportunity. I decided that we would take the Bludgeon Brothers from 2017 and 2018 and make them pirates, because I looked back and they didn't really have a gimmick as the Bludgeon Brothers. They had some cool, dark, ominous music. They had dominating tag team moves. And they came out with hammers. But they really didn't have characters. And so I feel like they're the easiest ones that we could actually mold and look at that tag team through the lens of piracy and see how that could work. Later on in the storyline, we're going to introduce a couple other guys who could also have worked as pirates. And we're going to see them kind of as a rival crew. And then we're also going to have one central figure who's going to unite everything as the captain. So, let's go back. 2017. This is actually the very first promo that the Bludgeon Brothers cut. It was a vignette for their repackage as the Bludgeon Brothers. I added some pirate sound effects and background music. But the text you hear, the voices, that actually is Harper and Rowan from this first promo. So, let's listen to this promo now and see how this would work. There is no conscience. There's no moral compass. 
the virtuous will fall. The wicked will rise. Broken bones. Severed spines. Harper. Rowan. All right. So you heard in the background, we had waves crashing against a ship. We had cannon fire. We had the slow creaking of the wood on deck. We had them coming down the stairs and then delivering their promo. So we really have hammered home some of those pirate elements. And then right at the end of their promo, they fire the cannon. Here's another one. This, I believe, was the week after. Same idea. The actual voices you hear are Harper and Rowan but I added some different pirate sound effects so you could picture what the promo would have been like. The darkness of destruction always prevails over the futility of light. Where we go, annihilation follows. Harper! Rowan. So, we have promos. Obviously, we would give them some kind of pirate-themed music. Perhaps even the background music I used on these two promos. But... How would their moves look? As pirates, would they switch up their moveset at all? Well, I looked at some different moves and determined that they could fit with the pirate motif. So we look at the cannonball, and that's a sentin splash in the corner. Usually Harper would slap Rowan in the face and then he would Irish whip Rowan into their opponent. And I could picture them doing something similar into Rowan hitting the cannonball and say that Harper is loading the cannon you could play with that concept a good amount. I also thought maybe a spinning heel kick. And I think it'd be very interesting if you called that one the cutlass. If you did a spinning heel kick, it would almost act like decapitating someone with the sword. So a cutlass would be kind of a cool name. Then I looked at the straight jacket crossface. Now, if you're not familiar with that move, usually the opponent would be sitting upright and the superstar would get behind them and grab both of their arms and kind of cross the arms on their opponent's chest and kind of almost just keep pulling on the arms. So I think that'd be a really cool move and call it the crossbones. Because you think of the visual of pirates, you usually think of the skull and the crossbones, and it would have a very actual similar image by seeing the opponent's arms crossed like that. And then the last one I thought of could be a very simple submission, just a fish hook. And that's literally where you just kind of curve your finger, insert in your opponent's mouth, and just kind of try to yank their head off. Now, let's go and actually book the storyline. So the Bludgeon Brothers debuted in late 2017. They didn't really have anything of substance until they hit Fastlane. They interfered in the title match between the Usos and the New Day. That led to WrestleMania 34 in April, when the Bludgeon Brothers won the SmackDown Tag Team Championship in a triple threat match. At the Greatest Royal Rumble, they successfully defended those belts against the Usos. At Money in the Bank, on the pre-show, they defeated Gallows and Anderson, and then at Extreme Rules, they defeated Team Hell No in probably what was their most high-profile match. 
This was the big return of Kane to team with Daniel Bryan, and it was Team Hell No's first tag team appearance in quite some time. At SummerSlam, the Bludgeon Brothers defended their titles against the New Day, and then a couple days later on SmackDown, the Bludgeon Brothers faced the New Day again, this time in a no disqualification match, and the New Day won the SmackDown tag team titles. After that, both Harper and Rowan were taken off TV, and both of them had to take care of various injuries they had. So they only had a short run, from late 2017 until late 2018. So it's only really a year period. So even if WWE wasn't really feeling the pirate concept, or didn't feel that it was working, they still could have just taken them off TV around the same point, and repackaged them further. As they ended up doing. When Rowan came back, he was teaming with Daniel Bryan, the environmentalist, and the Bludgeon Brothers were never really mentioned again. So that's where we're going to slip into the timeline. We're going to rebook the Bludgeon Brothers from late 2017. So before we get any farther with the pirate crew, let's look at our crew. A couple days ago, we went to a WWE-themed trivia, and at the end of the event, Eric and I recorded this so we could kind of give you a recap of how the night went for us. Yeah, we were over at a TCB Sports Bar in North Haven, and it was very, very busy tonight. I was actually not expecting this many people to be here for this. So, yeah, pretty good crowd. 21 teams turned out for this. It was a record um, that the DJ had. Was it 21? Did they say that? Yeah, I believe it. Definitely. Quite some fierce competition. Did a great job. Ended up in third place. Yeah, I was happy with that. You know, I didn't think we did that well in the first round, but... To be in third place, I felt pretty confident after that. Each um, round, the points went up per question. First question was one point, second was two, third is three, all the way up to the tenth question was ten points. And you also had a chance to double it. Yeah, so you could double the points if at the end of the round you would actually circle one of your answers. And if you got it right, then they actually doubled your points. So if you picked the last question that was already worth 10 points and you doubled that, then you had a chance to get 20 points. So we actually took advantage of that a couple of times, I think. Third round, did a great job with the music. Oh yeah, the music, that was almost all you. Like I knew a couple of them, but man, that paper was in front of you and you just kept filling out. I'd say probably like two thirds of that was you. And I would just every so often kind of fill in the blank if you weren't sure. We even got number 10 right, doubled that. From the 20 up to a good 40. Yeah, that third round, it was a little different um, because we had the music, so you had the song and the artist. So you'd get separate points for each one. And if you got both of them right, you'd get all the points. If you just got one of them wrong, though, so if you did the song but you got the artist wrong, you'd get no points or vice versa. So you had to be careful. So uh, we knew the Hulk Hogan theme song, for instance, but we didn't remember who performed it. So we just put that down and we did get the one point. But if we had guessed wrong, then zero points would have gone our way. We won that round. We're in first place. I was not expecting that, to be honest. There was actually someone here tonight that we saw that we had seen at a trivia we had gone to last year. And he was probably our toughest competition that night. So we were pretty good. So all of a sudden, to be in first place, I was wondering maybe which ones he got wrong. Because this guy like lives and breathes WWE. And I kind of figured that we'd be staying in second or third. But first place, I was definitely happy with that. Fourth round, we did a great job too. Got up to uh, still holding our one spot only by seven points. But unfortunately, Psycho Sid ruined our night. 
Yes. Uh, Sid, Sid was pretty vicious tonight. Uh, that was the big one that we got wrong, and that kind of messed us up. It was the final Jeopardy. We risked 200 of our, I think we could have risked 280 points, and we did 200, and we ended up getting that one wrong. Uh, I suppose uh, we should actually say what the question was. And the final question was, who was the only person to main event every WrestleMania they were in? Now, I was trying to go through really quickly in my head. You only had so much time, obviously. They were going to collect the sheets. So I said Yokozuna. I was thinking WrestleMania 9 and WrestleMania 10. Uh, but then you looked up afterwards, and after we had handed our sheet in, and we did see that Yokozuna had another match, at least one other one. Uh, at WrestleMania that was not the main event, so we knew that wasn't the answer, um, but then when the guy was actually scoring the sheets at the end of that round, and I was really going through my head, I did eventually figure out it was Sid, but by that point it was too late. Got to meet some fellow Marks, Ultra Pro Wrestling, shout out to them. Yep. So happy to get to meet you guys in person. We'll be, uh, be around anytime you see a trivia event, give us a shout out to let us know about it. We'll be happy to go there. Yeah, you know, uh, we will definitely be out and about trying to find more trivias. Uh, we keep coming close, but no cigar. I, I kind of feel like Cody Rhodes here. I kind of want to finish the story, you know. We're getting close, but we're not quite winning. So, uh, yeah, maybe at some point. It is early in 2024. Maybe we can finally find a trivia that we can win. And uh, maybe we need to draft more people into our stable, you know. Instead of a tag team, maybe we've got to go a full, full four or five person team and maybe fill in those gaps on the couple of questions that we don't know. But we'll see. So we're going to rebook Harper and Rowan, starting the night after WrestleMania. Well, technically, two nights after. But the first SmackDown, after WrestleMania 34, when they win the SmackDown Tag Team Championship in the Triple Threat match. What we do in the previous months is reestablish them as the Pirates. We give them a couple of those Pirate-themed maneuvers. We switch up the music. We give them those Pirate-themed promos. And when they come out on the SmackDown after WrestleMania, they're going to come out with the Tag Team Championships in a large treasure chest. They're going to carry it out together, and they're going to put it on the Ren Apron, and they're going to open it and take the titles out of it. I really like that Orange Cassidy comes out to the ring with the international title in AEW in a backpack. I think that's actually a really unique presentation, and so I want to kind of mimic that by having Harper and Rowan come out with the treasure chest. Now, as the Bludgeon Brothers, they had the large mallets, but for us as pirates, they would each come out with a large shovel. These can actually be used as weapons during the match if you really wanted to. They didn't really need them though because they were so dominant just as a tag team. However, if you do want to, you can have the shovels used as a weapon, and I do want to. So we are going to see that kind of come into play after WrestleMania, but from the guys who attack them on this show. So what's going to happen is they're going to win a squash match, and then Alistair Black is going to debut on the main roster. In real life, Alistair Black won the NXT Championship over that WrestleMania weekend. However, in our version, we're going to know that he's going to be called up to the main roster much sooner, so we're not going to put the belt on him. But he's going to come out as Captain Black. He was their captain, and they mutinied against him. But he's now found a new crew that's going to punish Harper and Rowan and make them suffer. While he distracts them with this conversation, both Harper and Rowan are going to get taken out from behind with those shovels by Connor and Victor of the Ascension. 
Now, the Ascension had a very good run in NXT, but when they were called up to the main roster, they were almost immediately treated like jokes. We had lots of comparisons to past tag teams, and the commentary team spent a lot of time just burying the Ascension. What we want to do is we want to kind of rejuvenate them with this storyline. They're going to come out very similar pirate motif. We're going to switch up the music, though. It'll be a little bit darker because these guys are going to be seen as a darker parallel to Harper and Rowan. So Black is going to call them out, and he is going to say that his new crew, the Dragon's Dagger, is going to take the Tag Team Championships. At the Greatest Royal Rumble, Harper and Rowan are going to retain by disqualification. They're going to gain the upper hand, and Black is going to sneak in. We then go on a month later to Money in the Bank. At that point, Connor and Victor are going to win the SmackDown Championship from Harper and Rowan. However, because we're doing a tag team title change, I would not put that on the pre-show. That would be on the main card. For Extreme Rules, we're going to see Captain Black have a one-on-one match. Preferably no disqualification or Extreme Rules, because that is the event, against Daniel Bryan. You could still even have Kane return to back Bryan up, because the numbers game is going to be against him, because obviously Captain Black would have Connor and Victor in his corner. However, the swerve is going to come at the end of that match. Captain Black is going to defeat Daniel Bryan. Connor and Victor are going to take out Kane, but they're going to have help from Harper and Rowan. This is where these two are going to turn heel, and they're going to rejoin Captain Black. We're going to insinuate that Black, Connor, and Victor paid off Harper and Rowan with a treasure chest full of gold and jewels. So now we have a five-person team. We have Captain Black, Connor, Victor, Harper, and Rowan. We have a full five-person pirate crew, the Dragon's Dagger. We're going to keep up that pirate motif. We're going to see the treasure chest. During this time period, we may even see someone get kidnapped backstage, just because it's something a pirate would do. It's all going to lead to a SummerSlam 5-on-5 match. We're going to see the Usos and the New Day put their tag team hostilities aside because they're going to realize that as long as these pirates are running around, neither team will be able to get the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So at SummerSlam, it's going to be 5-on-5. Captain Black, Harper, Rowan, Connor, and Victor defeating Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Jimmy, and Jay Uso. Now, the Pirates look unstoppable. Except, on the next SmackDown, there's going to be a Buried Alive match. When you have guys walking around with shovels all the time, you get the idea that eventually we're going to lead to this kind of match. And without The Undertaker, you're never really going to see Buried Alive again. But Pirates bury things all the time. It's part of their charm. They bury the treasure, they dig up the treasure. So a Buried Alive match actually makes perfect sense for this group. You could pick either the Usos or the New Day to face Connor and Victor for the titles, because that's not really the point of this match. It's going to end in a no contest when Connor, Victor, and Black turn on Harper and Rowan. So by burying Harper and Rowan alive, you're going to be able to write them off TV, still at about the same period, so they can nurse those injuries. Now, though, Captain Black is going to lead Connor and Victor. Unfortunately, they don't have the numbers edge anymore. So now, they're going to have a lumberjack match the following week, and they're going to lose the titles to whoever they didn't face in the Buried Alive match. 
So, for argument's sake, we'll say they lose the titles to the New Day, because that's who won the belts in real life around this time. In the Lumberjack match, we're going to see everyone gain up on the Pirates and take them out. And without the numbers advantage of having Harper and Rowan with them, Connor and Victor lose the belts. And the next week, Aleister Black, Captain Black, is very upset with them and hits them both with his finisher, the Cutlass. At this point, knowing the WWE, they would probably determine that Connor and Victor are going to drop down the card. So this was probably going to be their biggest storyline on the main roster. And it resets everything nice and neat. So what did you think? How would that pirate storyline look in 2018? Please let us know. We did have someone reach out to us on our X this week with all of the Cody Rhodes and Rock controversy, and they asked us how we would book all of this because there have been multiple options and a lot of what we're seeing online is hatred for how the storyline was booked. A lot of people want Cody to challenge Roman, but the biggest issue was how Cody just gave up his title shot. So I might do a special episode or on X I might post more of my thoughts on how I would book this whole thing. We did get another message asking us uh, about the poll, if we're going to keep doing that. And to be honest, it really hasn't been super successful on X. So for the time being, we will be removing the daily poll Monday through Friday. We'll still be posting content, but we're going to refrain from the poll until we feel like we're going to get more traction and more responses on it. But that may come back in March or April as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania, or as we have different storylines that we're booking that we would like more feedback on. Please keep an eye out, keep following us on X, keep following us on Facebook, and next week we have a very cool episode, we're going to rebook the NWO in 2002. This is about the time of year where they debuted, and it was one of the biggest missed opportunities in WWE history. So we're going to start looking back, we're going to have our clip of the day still on Facebook, so we'll kind of set you back to that time period, and you can see how WWE did book them, and then come back next Monday and hear how we would book the NWO in 2002. Remember, it's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark.